As longtime listeners to the morning show know by now, I love speaking to documentarians, those responsible for great, illuminating films. And I'm excited for the next few minutes to have the opportunity to speak with Mike Tolan, who is uh, one of the people responsible for a breathtaking film, breathtaking in its beauty, and also, in a sense, breathtaking uh, in the importance of its message. The film is titled Meltdown. It's a superb work of art, but beyond that, also a, an urgent call uh, for concern around the, the issue of climate change and specifically global warming. And Mike Tolan has been behind a, a number of important documentaries that I'm sure you have heard of, including the marvelous uh, film The Last Dance, that uh, series really devoted to Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls, and also Hank Aaron chasing the dream. This newest film, Meltdown, which has just been released, is available on iTunes and on demand through uh, Amazon, uh, Amazon and uh, Google uh, Play and so on. And we have Mike Tolan, its executive producer, for the next few minutes to talk about Meltdown and what prompted him to want to help get this film made. Mike Tolan, we welcome you to The Morning Show. Good morning. It's nice to be here with you. I hope you won't mind uh, just ahead of us talking about Meltdown if we talk for a moment about the film Hank Aaron Chasing the Dream since the world lost Hank Aaron on the 22nd of January. Would you mind just sharing a, a, a brief reminiscence about what it was like to help create that film about this baseball legend? No, not at all. The only uh, challenge will be getting me to stop <laughs> talking about the goodness of the experience and the greatness of the man, Hank Aaron. Um, this is uh, more than a quarter century ago that we made Chasing the Dream. It was nominated for an Oscar and won a Peabody, and it remains, um, I guess, my proudest uh, moment in filmmaking, not for the ratings or the box office, um, but for the impact uh, at the at the conclusion of the film being released on Turner Broadcasting Ted Turner as as we as we urged him uh, reached into the other pocket um, and found money to endow a foundation the same name chasing the dream and in the 25 plus years we've been able to grant scholarships to inner city underserved kids to chase their own dreams it was Henry Aaron's goal to have kids um, be given the opportunity, um, like, like he was given the opportunity to, to pursue his baseball dream. And this was not about baseball or even sports. It was whatever it was that got a child uh, excited and gave them a sense of identity. So music and dance and literature, and we've given scholarships to hundreds of kids and endowed millions of dollars. Uh, and that, I think, is... Um, you, Henry would have said in his in his last years that that was something he was more proud of than the 755 home runs. So hmm. um, one of the great joys, pleasures, and privileges of my life to to become friends with Henry Aaron and participate in some small way. A great, great man, and it's a great film about him. And I heartily uh, encourage anybody who has not yet seen it to, or if you've seen it, to see it again, Hank Aaron Chasing the Dream. And I do congratulate you as well on The Last Dance, a much uh, lauded work about Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls and their incredible run of world championships. It would seem, at least at a glance, that it is a huge chasm <laughs> between films <laughs> like that 
and this <clears throat> film that we are talking about today, Meltdown, which confronts the issue of, <clears throat> of global warming. Is there a connection that uh, we are well, missing, or is it the leap that it appears to be? Well, it's a fair enough assessment, not so far from Milwaukee and Atlanta to Chicago, much farther from Chicago to Alulasat, uh, a sleepy little hamlet of roughly 5,000 people on the west coast of Greenland. Um, the origin story is um, a little bit bizarre, which makes it kind of fun to retell, um, it was really more about interior decorating than climate change, to be mm. honest. Uh, I have a New York apartment, and a friend named David Rawl, an art collector, was uh, in a uh, oblique sort of way suggesting that the walls were a little bare and I could spruce it up, and did I have any particular taste that he could tap into? And I said, you know, I love black and white landscape photography. And he said, boy, do I have an artist for you, Lynn Davis. I suggest that to any of your listeners. <clears throat> you can Google Ms. Davis, who's now into her 70s but remains vibrant and robust in her output. Um, she had gone to Greenland six or seven times in the previous three decades and has made quite a career out of shooting the icebergs in the Arctic Circle off the coast of Alulaset. And I began investigating, and David Rawl put me in touch with Lynn. Personally, she lives in Hudson, New York. I went to see her photos at the Edwin Houck Gallery on Fifth Avenue in New York City. And I became enamored, as he expected I would, and we struck up a friendship. And I talked to Lynn about going back to Alulaset one last time. I said, you know, um, your work is particularly timely. I mean, you are... A climate change chronicler and she said ah i don't know anything about all that i'm just a photographer i'm just an artist lynn shoots with a roloflex a single lens and rolls film in the old-fashioned way that we all used to 12 exposures per roll and then she makes her own photos in the dark room and um they're just magical anyway um she protested loudly, I don't know anything about climate change, and I said, well, wouldn't it be fun to go back there now uh, in 2016, as it was, um, and investigate um, <clears throat> and look at uh, how the melting glaciers in Greenland have impacted us around the world. It is often considered ground zero by climate change experts. And she was up for the challenge, and we found a wonderful and learned man named Anthony Lazarowitz, who runs the climate change program at Yale. And off we went. And so it really became a journey to look at how beauty and tragedy can coexist and how we can investigate um, such a hot-button issue from two very divergent points of view. Yes. One of the most interesting moments in the film is when uh, we see the small plane in which Lynn Davis is, is riding, uh, approaching what I assume is the, 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 the landing strip there at uh, at uh, Greenland, and she is looking out the window, and she's looking at uh, the ice below her, and she, even at a glance, can tell the difference in terms of yeah. the ice that is there and its shape versus what it once was. And we can, in a sense, see that ourselves because... The images are, are, are captured with such breathtaking clarity, but she has been there before, unlike us, and she sees with her own eyes 
the uh, alarming change. Tell us more about that. Well, Lynn talks about going to Alula said originally because of loss. Um, in the 80s, Lynn was uh, part of a downtown New York City troupe of photographers, Robert Maplethorpe being the most well-known among them. Um, and she was shooting primarily portraits um, uh, with a gaggle of guys who were her compatriots, and one by one they died off due to the, the AIDS crisis, and she was feeling this enormous sense of loss and eager to get as far away as possible. Um, And her husband, um, who's a filmmaker in his own right, Rudy Wurlitzer, um, saw some photos of these icebergs off the coast of Greenland and said to her, they remind me of the the nudes you shoot. There's something about the architecture. There's something about the imagery. Um, And she said, how far away is it? And it really is about as far as you could go um, and as remote. And I'm sure back then in the 80s it was more difficult to get to. And so off she went. Um, and as she said, the origins of her first journey were really about loss. And then, as viewers will learn if they watch the film, it becomes about a deep and personal loss, uh, which is revealed toward the end of the film. But as she's looking out the window, um, as you point out, she said... This was all about loss on a personal basis, but I never thought it would be about loss of the planet. And she realizes what's happening because she had actually done some research and and understood the connection between the melting glaciers and all that was happening around the world. So it took on a whole different meaning. Mm. Before you began making this film, uh, what kind of background did you personally have uh, when it comes to climate change and, and global warming. How much did you end up learning through the course of making this film? Well, the answer to the first question, uh, quite frankly, is very little, which is why it was so exciting. Um, as you pointed out, uh, a great deal of my documentary work, as well as my scripted narrative feature film work, has focused uh, in and around sports themes and stories. We love, we love telling stories with sports as a backdrop. I've always felt it was a, um, it was a great spine. It was a great narrative. Uh, you you kind of know what's at stake. You know the good guys. You know what you're rooting for. And it's always struck me as a universal language. Sports is a great connector. It builds communities. And uh, most of our sports films, are, we'd like to say, are about something much more than who wins or loses. But it's a great access point for an audience. Um, <clears throat> this, um, you know, as I'd already described, came in, a, in an odd, unlikely sort of way, and it just struck me as a great opportunity for discovery for me on a personal basis. Um, I claim no real n- knowledge other than, you know, reading a couple of newspapers on a daily basis and being somewhat aware uh, of this crisis. Um, in fact, what was great about finding uh, Tony Lazarowicz as our partner for Lynn is that he's a social scientist. So it's not as much about um, statistics and, and all the numbers and all the you know percentages of the, the decrease in the size of the glacier and the rising tides and so forth. It was, it's, it's more for, for Tony about people's attitudes and awareness. So mm-hmm. this was a great journey for me to kind of um, examine my own thoughts. How alarmed am I about this encroaching crisis? How aware 
am I of the danger it presents to all of us. And so I really, you know, I, w I went on this journey not just to, to make a film along with um, director Fred Golding, but also to, you know, discover my own feelings about it. And um, it's interesting when we, when we talk about this different approach, um, I've had a lot of conversations with other climate change experts along the way, and, and I love when people talk about the complexity of the issues and how, you know, it's not really an economic or a political issue, but it's, uh, as it's been said by people who are much more steeped in it, it's, it's really a value-driven a value spiritual question about mm. who we are on the planet and what our responsibilities are. I really do appreciate that the film uh, balances a number of different elements, including hard, fast information, much of which is alarming, uh, with the breathtaking beauty of these landscapes. Uh, among the information shared with us uh, from uh, Tony uh, Lazarowitz is uh, the, the reality that, that the, the far north of our globe, uh, Greenland, is warming more quickly than the rest of the globe. And the ramifications of that are, are, are truly staggering. But what's also interesting, and it points to what you were just saying about uh, Professor uh, Lazarowitz also being a social scientist, is he understands the importance of hope and that uh, we are more likely to connect with the public and galvanize action uh, if we can present real hope uh, for these uh, alarming trends to be somehow reversed or curbed, uh, that if there is no hope, then there's no reason, in a sense, to be alarmed in the first place, or certainly no reason to, to try to do anything about it. Can you just say a word about the word of hope that uh, is important to Professor Lazarowitz and important uh, in terms of your film? Well, maybe you've just actually drawn a connection for me that I uh, wasn't aware of because... Um, there's nothing more important about sports than hope, right? Hope <laughs> springs eternal is what we all say in, in March as our baseball players trot off to spring training and our woebegone team <laughs> strikes out with hopes, and, hopes anew for a, for a pennant season. Um, you're from Milwaukee. <laughs> you, you know what it's like. It, it hasn't happened that often um, since the 1957 Braves mm -hmm. carried to the – World Series Championship by Hank Aaron. Um, but yes, uh, the beauty of Tony is no matter how alarming the statistics and how much reversal there was in the last four years due to the administration's refusal to acknowledge science, he always has been hopeful. He's, a, he's just a cheery, positive guy who believes ultimately in humanity and our, our ability to, to see through whatever crisis it is. So um, I think now, as of January 20, we've seen immediate reversals, and uh, this administration has made climate change a priority. So um, he's very hopeful. Uh, I talked to Tom Steyer, a leading en environmentalist um, who's uh, watched the film and has really been a great, um, oh, just an advocate along the way. And he's very hopeful and, and believes that um, this is interesting. Um, this is going to be, in Tom's opinion, the century of women, and, and women are increasingly going to be in positions of power, and they're increasingly going to be having to deal with um, contraception and family planning, and birth rates are likely to decrease somewhat as a result of that, and, and our increasing awareness of, of the crisis of overpopulation. 
Uh, and he looks at that as one of the great forces in our favor because as the planet gets overcrowded, as we go from 7 billion people you know, towards 10 or 11 billion, the problems intensify. Um, and so, uh, you know, there's so this, this, this is the complexity we talk about. So many factors enter into it. But really it's incredible to see how in just a few weeks' time um, hope has returned to the populace at large in this country. And um, uh, I wish Mr. Well, President Biden and his staff uh, great luck in, uh, in leading us in the right direction. Your film is uh, a wonder to behold, uh, beautiful in so many respects, and also a deeply personal film uh, that, among other things, takes us into the life of Lynn Davis and to some of the heartbreaking loss that she has experienced and also the passion uh, with which she has uh, done her work over the years and, of course, her own personal odyssey as she returns to Greenland is especially moving. Uh, The film, again, is titled Meltdown. And it is now available uh, through iTunes or wherever you uh, stream films on demand. And it is well worth exploring and experiencing. Uh, Directed by Frederick Golding and uh, executive producer for it, Mike Tolan. Mike Tolan, thank you so much for joining me today on The Morning Show and for speaking so eloquently on behalf of this marvelous film. Thanks so much. Enjoy the time. 